If you want some good advertising, we're looking for sponsors. I'm Joe Fulton. Lucozade, the energy drink that crushes your thirst and the rest of you. I'm Torin Atkinson. Yeah, I'll use that tourism company. When donkeys fly, I'm Kevin Leeson. Dr. Jenna says, need to keep your feminine parts fresh and clean? Try some caustic soda. Advertising. That's that's a, is that a portmanteau? I I don't know. Is that what, what a portmanteau is when you take two words and mash them together to no, make a new word? I, I I thought a portmanteau was the um, the dock that uh, all the people stand on before they get on one of those gay cruises. Portmanteau. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Uh, a portmanteau is a large traveling case, usually made of leather, or opening into two <laughs> equal sections. But yes, it's also as an adjective. So it's a portmanteau word. It's not a portmanteau. Oh, it's a portmanteau word. Like yes. Pisley and Toonie. The Canadians are very fond. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. well, who's that? What's a Pisley? Before we go any further, I must know what this is. Polar bear grizzly. Oh, oh. right. Oh. Also known as a growler bear. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Call back to bears episode. And I think we got somebody in the uh, in the studio with us. Jenna's here again. Dr. Jenna Capic. Hello. Welcome. I don't think she's Dr. Jenna Kapik anymore, actually. Congratulations, Dr. Jenna. I don't even want to pronounce it. It's... Mocha. Okay. I was going to be close to that. Mocha. I can't remember that. Wait, wait. What's the portmanteau for that? I'm just going to call you Dr. J. Cappuccino? Is that the portmanteau for that? There we go. Dr. Jenna Cappuccino. Cappuccino. I like it. Okay. Sounds like a character from The Sopranos. So... Dr. Jenna Cappuccino. (laughs) Should we talk about what makes advertising bad? Kind of what we're talking about here. I'm interested in that. Because um, I've got a decent list here from one of our Bad friends. advertising. Bad advertising. It's when they take a shit on the carpet, right? Or steal your slippers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like my mom's dog on my Xbox. I've told that story, right? <laughs> Authenticity as in false advertising, which would be misleading statements and advertisements to persuade people into commercial transactions they might otherwise avoid. Uh, examples include deceptive contract terms, manipulation of descriptive terms for products, artificially enhanced imagery, which we see a lot of in advertisements, and opt-out agreements to ensure fees to be collected unknowingly. Probably in there as well could be advertising to kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe Camel. <laughs> Joe Camel's a full-grown camel. He's not a kid. Old penis face. Good old penis face. It's, it's true. His face looks like a penis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never done this side-by-side comparison. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can show you that on the internet. <laughs> Harmfulness, uh, damaging to personal health or autonomy, subliminal, ab- uh, subliminal advertising promotion of messages the recipient is not aware of, such as those played at very low volume or flashed on the screen for less than a second, which I don't believe completely work the uh, we're not really going to touch on them very much because apparently what they do is they can prime you for an ad but they don't actually get their message across uh, what about but, hypnosis can they hypnotize you i think you can hypnotize people into a lot of things uh physically harmful uh, products advertised as healthy options uh, does not include products found harmful and continue to hide these effects examples include products like faulty vaccines and medicines tainted food products and asbestos i guess there would be a lot of intermingling with our quackery episode yeah, and our tobacco episode. I mean, a lot of the right. bad ads are about how this tobacco is the healthy choice. Mm-hmm. Selling a harmful product by saying that it's not harmful, mm-hmm. that it's beneficial. Yep. Uh, yeah, even more than just not harmful. Then, of course, there's uh, privacy, which would be selling or distributing the uh, personal information of the people who have bought the products. Gathering sensitive demographic and personal information for purposes of using the information without the consent of the persons involved. Uh, examples include selling email lists, addresses, and personal marketing campaigns based on prior purchase history. None of this is very caustic, so we're not going to talk too much about it. But, that's but everyone hates a bad spam. Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, except for the Hawaiians. So this brings us to the question, what are your bona fides? In the bad advert in bad advertising. Well, hopefully not too much on the bad advertising side of things, but you know, can't rule anything out. Uh, for the last year and a bit now, I've been working in the marketing department of a Vancouver biotechnology company. So, I've been working on developing ads and developing ad campaigns and marketing campaigns in general. So, how do we lie to people without actually lying to people? <laughs> but maybe, maybe if you just always worked for a product that was all you need to do was say everything about it and then everybody would want it and need it and it was a good thing then maybe we wouldn't have this episode if every single product ever invented fit those criteria 
There'd be no bad advertising. That's right. It'd be good advertising. Mm-hmm. Well, the challenge with that type of advertising, sometimes you don't need to sell something bad and make it sound good. You just have to touch on the right reasons why something's good to make people understand right. why it's good for them. Yeah. As opposed to, hey, it's green. Green might be good. Green. <laughs> A lump of purest green. I don't know. Lots of people are using green advertising these days. That's true. Oh. There's the old green washing. Yeah. Is a term now where yeah. where you will just put your dish soap in a green bottle and say <laughs> eco-friendly and yeah. who knows what eco-friendly means. I don't know. You don't even have to say palm olive eco-friendly. You can just say palm olive green. Yeah, yeah it's green. <laughs> Environment friendly. That's not a lie at all. Yeah. Is that why they tried to turn ketchup green like 10 years ago? Yeah, for the oh. environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should we do some uh, in the history of bad advertising? Yeah, yes. Let's do it. Torn, do you want to talk about Edward Louis Bernay? Sure. Is he the inventor of Bernays sauce? Uh, that's Bernays. Mm. This is Bernays. Okay. B-E-R-N-A-Y-S. This is a guy, an Austrian-American pioneer in the field of public relations and propaganda. So we may touch on him again when we get around to our propaganda episode. So what, he makes planes fly? Propaganda. Yep. I get it. Referred to in his obituary as the father of public, re- public relations. Oh. He felt manipulation was necessary in society, which he regarded as irrational and dangerous as a result of the herd instinct that society? Wilfred Trotter had described. Yes. Well, society is dangerous? Because of the herd instinct. Okay. That's a, that's a glass half empty kind of philosophy, isn't it? In his book, Propaganda, Bernays argued that the scientific manipulation of public opinion was necessary to overcome chaos and conflict in society. All right. Agree okay. or disagree? This is a very, like, you know, benevolent giant hand yeah. to, like, squash individual will kind of, uh, you know, feel to it. It's a very Orwellian. Yeah. Also working mm. under the assumption that we can get rid of conflict in society. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or that the only way to get rid of conflict in society is through public manipulation. In the 1920s, working for the American Tobacco Company, he sent a group of young models to march in the New York City Parade. He then told the press that a group of women's rights marchers would light torches of freedom, quote-unquote. And these were cigarettes? On his signal, the models lit Lucky Strike cigarettes in front of the eager photographers. (laughs) And this is his method for getting rid of societal conflict. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I think he's starting small. You know, yeah, yeah. he's going to work his way up to society. Okay. He's starting with a bunch of... Dismantling uh, the medical system first, and then it's going to work. Well, I was going to even go smaller. Women's lungs, right? Then up to the medical system, then society at large. Gotcha. Okay. The New York Times printed, Group of girls puff at cigarettes as gesture of freedom. This helped to break the taboo against women smoking in public. Good thing or bad thing? Repressed smoking Terrible. or smoking out in public? So they're breaking out the closet smokers, which is great. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Letting them out of the closet. Yeah, yeah, that's freedom. And then encouraging other women to smoke is a sign of how independent and free they are. And by of course, enslaving them to nicotine. And the leap to that this is going to eliminate chaos and conflict throughout society as a whole. I mean, that's a very small leap. Yeah. I see the dots. They're connected. They're connecting. Yeah. Bernays' most extreme political propaganda activities were said to be conducted on behalf of Chiquita. You know, the banana, Ooh. the ban- makers of bananas? The, 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 yeah, the chick with the giant... I'm a chiquita uh, banana, and I'm fruit. here to say yeah. bananas have to ripen in a certain way. Not, not chiquita. <laughs> and <laughs> Weirdest thing, I was in um, Biloxi, Mississippi, yeah. and uh, I woke up at someone got like five in the morning, the sound of this train going by, and I sort of like looked out through the curtains, and it was, I don't even know, like a hundred cars long with just Chiquita Banana written on the side of every single one of them. Oh, nice. I, I don't know why I found that really strange that, of course, bananas could be delivered by train. Banana but, train. Yeah, it was a banana train. And uh, well, King that Kong, also happens on that gay cruise I was talking yeah, about I was, earlier. I was waiting for that one. King Kong had just been brought into port and they had to bring him in. Oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so his uh, extreme political propaganda activities were said to be conducted on behalf of Chiquita and the U.S. government to facilitate the successful overthrow of the democratically elected president of Guatemala. This is known as Operation PB Success. Peanut butter? I'm not sure why it's PB Success. Well, you know, peanut butter and bananas do go really well together. That is true. Elvis proved that. But that might be, uh, you know, if our listeners want to look up uh, Operation PB Success, there's some more information there. But Bernays Propaganda branding Arbenz, the uh, Colonel 
who was the elected president of Guatemala, as communist was published in major U.S. media. The term Banana Republic actually originated in reference to United Fruit. That was the name of Chiquita at the time. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, domination of corrupt governments in Guatemala and other Central American countries. So basically, from what I understand, the government in Guatemala was going to do all these things with the land that Chiquita didn't want to have happen because okay. they wanted to grow their bananas and, and export them, all this kind of stuff. Yep. Uh-huh. And so Chiquita went to America, mm-hmm. and America went to this guy, Bernay. Uh-huh. And then he started this propaganda piece of uh, branding the, the the democratically the elected government, government as, as communists. communists. Yeah. Right. And so that worked out pretty good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. In a letter to President Roosevelt, Supreme Court Justice Frankfurter described Bernays as a professional poisoner of the public mind, exploiter of foolishness, fanaticism, and self-interest. I like the fact that this is where the term Banana Republic came from. Who knew? Not me. People huh? in Guatemala and Chiquita. She was keeping it under wraps. <laughs> yeah. That might have been bad marketing for them. Uh-huh. Under wraps, like these ads of babies wrapped in cellophane? Well, you should always wrap your babies in cellophane. According to DuPont, yeah. Just we'll very... obviously have to put a lot of these images up on yeah. CosmicSodaPodcast.com because they kind of have to be seen to be believed. Right, yeah. right. You can just imagine uh, three babies covered in, in cellophane that is uh, quite obviously tied up at the top. There's another one with a baby being delivered by a stork in, in a cellophane bag. Now, what is the point of this ad campaign? Well, to you, prove that babies can't suffocate well, the t- the in cellophane. The is you see so many good things in DuPont cellophane, and as everyone knows, babies are good. Right. What they are advertising is that it's see-through and that you see good things through it so that, you know, you see your good food in it, but also you see your babies. And can monitor their vital signs? Well, see, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm guessing what it is is the guys writing the ads are like, listen, women are going to be buying this stuff. They, right. they do the shopping for this kind of product. Women, women like, love babies. Women love babies. True, Jenna? Women kind of love babies. So let's put some babies in these ads. Why don't we put babies in the cellophane? I can't see any reason not to do that. You know what they should have done? They should have tested this out in the lab before they released this campaign. Some babies may have been killed. Well, it is it is a painting. It's not an actual photograph of babies in cellophane, so we should point that out. (laughs) Is it? It looks like uh, these are photographs. No, maybe they overlaid. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think the babies are actually in cellophane. That cartoon stork is not a real stork. Correct. <laughs> that is true. See, I think they could have improved the ad by making it a real stork. Because, you know, kids and animals sell products. I mean, even scientific ads. They're just, some of them are just pictures of puppies. Because people just like looking at pictures of puppies. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> and lolcats. Let's not forget that. <laughs> Although I would rather see a bunch of baby stork being delivered by a giant human baby oh yeah there you go so these ads are from 1954 and when they came out plastic bags were not a ubiquitous part of american life so people just didn't understand how dangerous it was to have them around kids Uh, and it wasn't until about the 1970s when kids started suffocating by sticking their heads in the plastic bags that this became a big deal and uh, these ads became instantly horrible who knew babies were so into autoerotic asphyxiation <laughs> yeah you, you gotta I wait had no idea we are shining the spotlight on a on a scourge you should wait until you're at least six or eight years yeah, old no kidding before you mm-hmm. experiment with that mm-hmm. when you're responsible uh, i have another ad here for a brochure from 1923 the dutch boys lead party <laughs> a paint book for girls and boys are you sure yeah. it wasn't the dutch boy lead party well, no, because it's uh, promoting a whole bunch of different lead-based products, including oh. the paint that it came with. That's right. kind of a dead giveaway. The most heartbreaking part of this brochure is its emphasis on kids having fun with the whole lead family of products, <laughs> whose presence in everything from their nursery walls to their wind-up toys made young children particularly susceptible to its dangers. Combined with lead paint's seductively sweet flavor, putting That's kids true. in environments literally covered with the stuff was a recipe for disaster. I do often lick my lead miniatures for Dungeons & Dragons because they're so sweet. Oh what? That's like filling a little swimming pool full of antifreeze and saying, Here, dogs, go have a sip! <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the question. Did the brochure actually advertise the, the sweet taste of the paint products? I don't. Or... <laughs> no. Okay. No, that part All was right. just an, a bonus. Okay, an okay. Bonus. <laughs> That's just the de facto uh, right. end result. Lick your toys, little boys. The dangers of lead consumption have been known since the time <laughs> of the Roman Empire. Yes. Uh, even they were aware that it could cause serious health problems, even I, madness and death. How come she is the only one that laughed at Lick Your Toys, Little Boys? 
you hire me because I laugh at everything, Kevin. <laughs> yes. That's right. It's just to make you feel good about her being here. Uh, yeah. Hire it works. air quotes. It works. Just like bad advertising, it, it works sometimes. Lead products were not banned uh, until 1977 in the United States. So this stuff was still available up until the time when many of us were still children. Mm -hmm. Sure. And uh, I think, yeah, lead figurines, they were still making lead figures in the 80s and 90s for the games. That we uh, definitely the 80s, for sure. I'm not we, sure when it... When it uh, they switched to pewter? But there was no advertising. I guess there was advertising in Dungeon Magazine, but that was pretty much it. The history of advertising is pretty straightforward. You have a good or service, and you would like to get other people to purchase your good or service. Let's say caustic soda t-shirts that you can buy at, at causticgear.com. However would we tell people about that? <laughs> This went back as far as people were trading goods and services. So as an example, I visited Pompeii a number of years ago, which is this incredible 2,000-year-old city that is so well-preserved, it looks like it's just a couple of hundred years old. But it's really interesting because you're walking down the street, and you can tell sort of what each business was by what's outside. And you come to the prostitution house, and they let you know very conveniently what's inside by a really nice relief of a cock and balls on the wall. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. So by that, you mean a rooster and some toys for children. <laughs> See, this doesn't sound like bad advertising. This sounds like particularly good advertising. Well, it's very accurate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very, you know. No misleading statements correct. there. But as far as the ad concepts that we're familiar with today, the first brand was invented in 1661, as far as we know, for dentrifice toothpaste. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be, they were going to be advertising palindrome 1661 and all. Get your red hot palindrome here. Yeah? I, I don't think a, there's much market, much of a market for that. <laughs> that was the first year that we had a palindrome. Fifteen fifty one tried to take it. It'd be really great if all their advertisements had to be palindromic. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I'd be in favor. You know how I, how much I like onomatopoeias and whatnot. What would be the first palindrome year? I guess it would eleven. Be eleven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's boring. Boring. You'd, you'd want to get to something like uh, at least three one or four. two two one yeah. would be the first really good one. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are really picky. <laughs> hey, math is serious business. The first TV commercial was in 1941 for a watches. Okay. They paid $9 for a 20-second wow. spot before a baseball game. Yeah, but in 1941, like eight people had TVs. So you paid like a dollar per person you reached, right? <laughs> the first infomercial was selling houses in San Diego. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like if you're going to do the first infomercial, you should start small. Like maybe a hair care product, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. mm -hmm. Right, a vacuum that cuts your hair or whatnot. <laughs> we totally had one of those mm -hmm. going up. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't uh, Tom Vu? Do you not know Tom Vu? Oh, yeah. <gasps> oh, my goodness. We're going to have to include a video of Tom Vu. Yes. Hi, I'm Tom Vu. Do you want to have lots of beautiful women around you like I do? You are such a loser. Come and do my technique and sell some, sell some property. Make millions of dollars and have beautiful women hang around your pool. It's he's, true. That is exactly now, what he said. I have this uncontrollable urge to go hang around his pool, <laughs> possibly in a very small bikini. <laughs> so what was the first infomercial? It was for selling houses in San Diego, and it was in 1970. Oh, wow. That predates Tom Vu by a long shot. Yeah. Yeah, he probably refined that model somewhat and hired more refined models. <laughs> yeah. 1995 was the first keyword cost per click ad created by Yahoo!, and the keyword was for golf. Golf. Mm. So what does that mean? So the current version of this is if you're searching for golf and all of a sudden you see all your sidebar ads are for, you know, tightless hats and golf balls and golf excursions, that's not magic. Oh. It started in 1995 the, with Yahoo. It's the gremlins inside my computer. And they're getting pretty darned targeted. Is that why your computer always sounds like this? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Somehow wants to eat after midnight. <laughs> Throw water no, on it, Torn. Torn water on it. I, I will get ten more computers. From the sound he Ooh. made, Torn's gremlin is the one from the Bugs Bunny cartoons, not <laughs> yeah. from the movies. Mine are hey, better. Ran out of gas. It's one of my favorite endings of a Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> Plummeting to their death in a plane that the gremlin has ruined. These blockbuster bombs don't go off unless you hit them just right. <laughs> <laughs> we had a tobacco episode. We did. But mm -hmm. we didn't talk too much about the Marlboro, Marlboro Man, who I would like to discuss now. Okay. This rugged cowboy character was seen in a number of TV commercials and print ads since the 1950s, originally marketed towards women in 1924. Oh. Ooh. Philip Morris changed their Marlboro Man in 1955 into a masculine product. So wait, 
they use the rugged man to market to women. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they don't change the man. I guess so. <laughs> but they change the marketing campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actors to portray the Marlboro Man were Daryl Winfield, John Bryant, and Dick Hammer. That is the most awesome not made up name ever. <laughs> Are we sure that he wasn't a porn star from a very early age? <laughs> The original Marlboro man, David Miller Jr., died of emphysema in 1987. The widow of Marlboro man, David McLean, who died of lung cancer, sued the company. In 1964, the company gave the Marlboro man a mythical land all his own, known as Marlboro Country. But in the same year, the U.S. Surgeon General issued a report finding smoking a health hazard. The federal government banned the broadcast of cigarette advertisements in America on both television and radio beginning in 1971. Even with the TV ban, Marlboro became the number one tobacco brand in the world in 1972. Who remembers a Marlboro slogan? So hold on a second. So in 1971, they ban advertising on television and radio. Yeah. And 1972, Marlboro becomes the number one brand in the country. I definitely so, remember all those print ads. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't you couldn't get a magazine that did not have the Marlboro Man on the back cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much the only place they could advertise. Yeah, right? it's interesting that like television and radio basically getting that actually helped Marlboro. Maybe helped yeah. them hurt other people. Yeah, you hurt all their competition, and so they they went through the roof. Well, we don't know that they went through the roof. We know that they were number one. Well, number one. They could have been number one making nine dollars. Which is not true, yeah. but yeah, no. it's all relative. <laughs> right. So a, a Marlboro slogan. Yeah. Uh, was it something like welcome to flavor country or something like that? Flavor yeah. country was Come one. to where the flavor is. Oh, there we go. Uh-huh. Come to Marlboro uh, country. Well, you really can't pronounce Marlboro, Marlboro. That's good. confusing. It's, it's <laughs> R and an L, Marlboro. No, you know you just need to say it like that. Marlboro. Marlboro. <laughs> Come to Marlboro company. In 2003, Marble changed their company name to Altria Group, probably because so many people had difficulty pronouncing it. <laughs> they produced anti-tobacco commercials warning of the dangers and addictive nature of smoking. The ad features the voiceover narration of a sympathetic female telling the viewers that there are no safe cigarettes. Yet Altria Group, Philip Morris, knowing full well the dangers of tobacco use, still manufactures them. So why did they make anti-tobacco commercials then? Was this some kind of reverse psychology? I think maybe. I think it's just like, oh, we're not so bad. <laughs> yeah, Could be to get regulatory bodies off their back. We're the yeah. only cigarette company telling you that our cigarettes are bad. Yeah, maybe. Right? We, so we we're the care. good guys. We care that our product is killing you. <laughs> we're not doing anything about it, but we care. If you look at marketing and advertising in aggregate, you will learn that people will try any message. Right. Is yeah. it a message? Yes. Has it been tried? Yes. <laughs> don't smoke these they're terrible for you but they're on sale <laughs> only people who live on the edge and live dangerously smoke our cigarettes there you go i guess when you're like sitting in a boardroom you can pretty much rationalize anything right when you got like 10 guys around a table going okay we got an idea let's try this oh, yeah. all right like i can just see them like all sweating because like more and more people are finding out tobacco is so terrible for them and they're like what are we gonna do and one guy's like well, why don't why don't we run with it Let's just agree. Yep. Yep. They're terrible. Buy them anyway. We agree. These are bad. We're not fighting anymore, but you can do what you want, right? right. You're free. Yeah. Free to make that choice. Welcome to a free flavor country. Yeah. Though smoking ads were banned in the U.S., the tobacco industry has made a strong effort to make up lost revenue in the developing world. In Indonesia, for example, where there is little or no government regulation of the tobacco industry, you will find ad after ad tying cigarettes to images of independence, adventure, and most of all, youth. Oh, well, you know, if you have two people side by side, one of whom is a smoker and one of whom is a non-smoker, you know who mm-hmm. looks young. That's right. <laughs> Smokers. What about that guy who went looking for the fountain of youth? Little did he know he had it all along in tobacco. Front pocket. Mm-hmm. Right beside his trusty lighter. Yep. Long before Lysol was reinvented as the caustic household cleaner we know today, the same substance was basically promoted for use as a feminine hygiene product. Hmm. Oh. Feminine hygiene. Yeah, uh, the Lysol douche. Oh. Okay. Lysol ads from 1948 tout the internal use of poisonous Lysol as a marriage saver. <laughs> to sum up the message. In that it will kill the wife? Well, <laughs> I guess. Is your wife bothering you? Kill her with this. <laughs> to Sometimes sum- when I don't want to wipe my ass, I'll just upturn and then plug a <laughs> bottle of Lysol into it. <laughs> Eventually, this will smell good. <laughs> 
to sum up the message, if you weren't so dirty down there, he would love you more. <laughs> that's what they actually said? Yeah. Uh, well, that's the sum up. I, that's that's the up. summary. Well, love quiz for married folks only. Why does he avoid her embrace? Answer, because he's no longer happy in their marriage, constantly makes excuses to avoid the romantic intimacy of their honeymoon. What has she done? Is it really all her fault? It's not so much as what she's done as what she's neglected, and that is proper feminine hygiene. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, yeah, so check with your doctor. Many yeah. physicians recommend Lysol in the proper solution for feminine hygiene. But can this purpose be accomplished by homemade douching solutions? There is no such thing as a douching solution. Douching is a bad idea. <laughs> Salt, soda, and similar makeshifts do not have the proved germicidal and antiseptic properties as Lysol, which not only destroys odor, but it is effective in the presence of organic matter. Wait. I'm organic matter. Yeah. I think women might be organic matter Is as that well. true, Jenna? Yes. Organic matter. True. I we... think this is just a simple uh, you know, misunderstanding, right? Okay. What we've got here is we've, any husband who wants their wife to do this, he's a douchebag. Right. Hmm. Right? That's the douching solution. Get rid of that guy. I don't know if you guys saw the campaign last year for Fresh and Sexy. Basically, it has almost the same message. It's for personal wipes uh, with slogans such as, A clean beaver always finds more wood. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Classy. A clean pecker always taps it. Oh, so it's a wipe for both men and ladies. Polished knob always gets more turns. <laughs> this is brilliant, by the way. <laughs> a clean peach always gets picked. <laughs> You know, if you're at the point where you can find out just how hygienic they are down there, like, I don't think, I think the, that... the deal is done. I just bring my favorite nurse, Katie, with me. Oh, oh and yeah. never check them all She'll out. be examining you. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. Don't worry. She won't be sticking around for the whole thing. It's not kinky or anything. It, it helps that watching those examinations is your kink. <laughs> yeah. Now take your temperature. <laughs> all right. I'm out of here. I have a pop quiz. All right. In the age of global advertising, there are often issues. Okay. Issues with translation. You can translate things all you want from your comfy office in North America, but if you don't have someone on the ground really looking at the local nuances, okay. even if it doesn't translate to something that literally means something horrible, right. it could really go horribly wrong. Okay. For this pop quiz, I will let you know what the slogan was in English and the country in which things went amiss. You guys can try and guess in which way it went amiss. Okay, okay this all is right. a very difficult quiz, but all right. The Dairy Association Got right. Milk campaign. Yes. Uh -huh. brought this same campaign to Mexico. Okay. Is, is the translation of milk, does it have to do with semen? No. Oh, okay. that was my Darn. guess. Uh, I'm going to assume it has to do with, are you lactating right now? You bet. Oh. <laughs> are you lactating? All right. <laughs> Coors Brewing. Turn it loose. Turn it loose. Turn Converted to Spanish. Uh, oh, it's got to have something to do with, uh, you know, uh, become a woman with loose morals. Nope. Oh. I've got yeah, my, I was going to go. I was gonna I've, go got, I've, I've got to guess. Is it something about taking your pants off or no. getting naked? Like, no. no. Turn it loose. Just I'm just going to. I'm going to say. Tip of your tongue. It has to do. Tip of the tongue. Say top it. of the lips. <laughs> your pants falling down. Turn it loose. Turns to the infinitive, suffer from diarrhea. Whoa. <laughs> oh, loose bowels. Oh, and what nice. company was this for? Coors Beer. Coors, Coors, Coors Brewing Company. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Coors will give you diarrhea. Yeah, well, it's, you know, you could use it as, you could sell it as a diuretic. You know, People honestly, need diuretics sometimes if, when they're if, all. Diuretic makes you pee. Oh. <laughs> what what ex laxative. Yeah, there you go. If you drink enough Coors Beer, it probably will give you diarrhea. In the so morning. The. the, the they probably accidentally had truth in advertising. Clairol launched a curling iron called Mist Stick. This is in Germany. What's the what's the slogan? Just the name. It's called okay. the Mist Stick. Der Mistik Sticken. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's probably der, what it was translated. Der Foggenpoken. <laughs> it turns out that in German slang, mist is manure. Oh, not okay. very popular. So a poop oh, stick. The poop stick. <laughs> Put this poop stick. stick in your hair, please. <laughs> Why was this a bad idea? Gerber has a baby on their baby food, and they brought that line of baby food to Africa. And it turned out that baby was baby Hitler. No. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought that's where we were going with that no. one. Why was this a bad idea? They kept the baby on the track. Because the baby was white, and they thought that it was cannibalism? Worse. Oh, 
Close. Oh. That it was like full of babies, not oh, they, four babies. Yeah, they thought it was babies. Made of babies. <laughs> Due to the low level of literacy, a lot of products in those countries have a would have a picture of what was in the jar. Oh, I Didn't see. Didn't sell all that well. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing what I know about the smell of babies, the taste of babies can't be much better. <laughs> well, feeding babies to babies. <laughs> yeah, you become super baby. <laughs> Although normally in the history of cannibalism, when you eat someone, you gain their knowledge and, and the power. power. Yeah. But babies are so dumb and stupid and it, powerless. It, it will make why you, would you even bother? It will make you more cute and lovable. Oh, maybe. Um, yeah. That is the baby's power that's why they have those giant eyeballs and smooth smooth skin yeah yep. smooth like a baby's bottom Ooh. so they say mm-hmm. never tested so it's they sold it as a depilatory there you go you can just rub it on your own bottom <laughs> <laughs> rub this crunched up baby on your bottom to get a more soft ass the sad thing is that i'm convinced that sometime somewhere in history someone did that yeah oh yeah oh i think we've done shows about that mm-hmm. haven't we okay pepsi pepsi brings you back to life <laughs> and how did this go over in Haiti? What, I was about to say, let me guess the country. <laughs> Chinese. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah. They got a lot of things about ghosts. Pepsi and raises you from the dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it raises your ancestors. There Make you your ancestors go. angry. Pepsi brings your ancestors back from the grave. <laughs> to nag you. <laughs> but, but they have a kind of ancestor worship over there. Wouldn't that yeah. be kind of a okay, good thing? Okay, but with all the care they take, you know, taking care of their old folks once they're in the grave, yeah. pff, right. I want to leave them there. Yeah, it's like, oh, I burned all my ghost money already. God. Gosh. Parker Penn. And what they wanted to say for their Mexican campaign was that it won't leak in your pocket and embarrass you. Oh, it's a urinary tract thing. Unfortunately, they mistranslated one word, and this Mm -hmm. resulted in a very different meaning slogan. Yeah, like, you will not leak in your pants and embarrass yourself. (laughs) Right? That'd be really good, but no. What was the slogan again? They wanted the slogan to mean that it won't leak in your pocket and embarrass you. Did they mistranslate won't into will? (laughs) It will leak in your pocket and embarrass you. Uh, Did they translate leak as urinate so it it won't urinate in your pocket and embarrass you? No. What they did was mistranslate the word for embarrass and replace it with impregnate. Oh. Oh. So luckily, (gasps) your pen won't leak in your pocket and make you pregnant. Oh, gotcha. Which really, that's something pretty good about a pen. I mean, you don't want a pen that makes you pregnant. But who puts a pocket in their underwear? (laughs) No. More importantly, you now know that it has ink in the pen instead of semen. Yeah. Frank Perdue's line, it takes a tough man to make a tender chicken. (laughs) It takes a tough man (laughs) to make a tender chicken. In Spanish? Uh Uh-huh. Well, chicken is pollo. Uh Uh-huh. Pollo, yeah. El pollo loco. That's how they came up with the name for that chain of restaurants. (laughs) Uh, no, this has something to do with chicken tenderizing. Do, is this about, sex with chickens? Well, make. I think make could be uh, per, uh, misconstrued as like make love to. Like, uh, so it takes a tough man to have sex with a chicken. Have sex mm-hmm. with a tender chicken. Ten, with a tender chicken. <laughs> or I, maybe maybe uh, they mistranslated chicken like to be like a chick, like a hot chick. Oh, chica? Mm. <laughs> maybe. Chica. Those are my only guesses. Gotcha. It takes a sexually stimulated man to make a chicken affectionate. <laughs> yeah. That's, all, that's true. That's not false advertising. Yeah. You can get the unfertilized eggs all you want. But when you need to get a new chicken, you need to get a guy with an erection in the coop. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. To get the chickens in the mood. Braniff International Airways wanted to highlight that you can fly in leather. The Spanish translation seemed to be the most problematic. Right. Okay. So, Spanish. Fly in leather. All right. I, that doesn't have to change anything. Fly in leather. I mean, yeah, baby. <laughs> Everyone show all these, like, uh, you know, uh, S&M freaks show up for the next flight. It's like, yeah. You think it's a necessary requirement to board the flight? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it was mistranslated into, like, you know, uh, tanned skin. You can, How about you can fly in a cow? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. also what I was thinking. Fly naked. Fly naked. <laughs> Which I'm also hoping that, that no one took literally. Or if they did, it's like nothing you can do. It's like, dude, it's on your poster. It would make the security check so easy. <laughs> That's true. You don't have to put anything in that bucket. Well, there was a there was a recently a guy who protested the TSA's invasive uh, security procedures by when they asked him to take his shoes off and stuff. He just stripped naked and said, yeah. "Do what you need." And then they sued him for doing that, and he won his defense. Mm-hmm. There he is. Oh, there you go. That guy's a patriot. Very attractive. You know what he could do? He could hide a bunch of shit in that beard, though. Yes. That's where he hid all his contraband. 
And that big ass beard he's sporting. He's not naked. He's still got his glasses on. Have you tried Wheaties? Their whole wheat with all of the bran. Won't you try Wheaties? For wheat is the best food of man. They're crispy and crunchy the whole year through. The kiddies never tire of them, and neither will you. So just buy Wheaties, the best breakfast food in the land. In 1998, Pizza Hut hired a team of experts from Washington's National Observatory, Hughes Space and Communications International, and Federal Aviation Administration, and New York Hayden's Planetarium. You know why? Because smarty pants like pizza, too. That was, the, was that the advertising campaign? Nope. Smart people like pizza, too? A plan emerged to use the moon as a backdrop for the logo as projected by a high-powered laser beam. The thinking seemed to be that people who saw the company's red roof and name logo imposed on the moon's image would be so impressed that they'd order a pizza from or visit one of the global restaurant chains in more than 10,000 locations worldwide. So instead, they permanently burned the Pizza Hut symbol onto the moon. Yes, because we see it every night. Yeah, exactly. Some of us do. Depends on how much you're cooking from scratch. Yeah, I guess. Maybe, maybe just anybody who was looking at the moon at that time was burned under their retinas. This comes out of one of my favorite books, The World's Worst, A Guide to the Most Disgusting, Hideous, Inept, and Dangerous People, Places, and Things on Earth, which I've used many times. I was about to say, it's pretty dog-eared. You've read that thing how many times? The scheme was foiled when the experts told Pizza Hut that the logo would have to be as big as the state of Texas to be seen from Earth, and laser technology was not up to such a Herculean or Herculean Mm -hmm. task. Maybe they were just hiring 50 guys with laser pointers. Yeah. (laughs) You know, having practiced for weeks against a white wall. Yeah, and they showed them into a magnifying glass and bada bing, bada boom, right? A secondary concern was that such a system could blind airplane pilots flying at night. (laughs) You just like, an airplane flies through this giant, like, laser array because crashing into the sea. Plan B went off without a hitch in 1999, had Pizza Hut pay the Russian government more than a million dollars to put a 30-foot-tall logo on the side of a proton rocket, which was launched from Kazakhstan to carry a service module to the International Space Station. (laughs) These Pizza Hut guys are sure obsessed with space, aren't they? And giant logos. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really understand what pizza and space have in common, but... I'm happy that they're putting their branding on science instead of sports. Because everyone loves Pizza Hut. Can you imagine how much better it'll be in space? Would it? Zero, on the moon? No. Zero gravity pepperoni? Come on. No, you know what would happen is that uh, that nuclear sauce that's like right under the fresh cheese would go airborne and like burn people's eyes oh, out. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't just get the roof of your mouth. It would get every part of you. That's that's why you have to keep it under that cheese. I mean, the cheese, that first the bite, cheese keeps it that from... That first bite and just... Oh, uh, just squirt out and get everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Melt all the electronics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, call back the, to space hazards. A, the, <laughs> be a disaster. In the news... <laughs> November 2012, Cape Town, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Members of the famous U.S. rock band Linkin Park said they were upset to learn of their fans' death after giving a concert in South Africa. I'm kind of glad that they weren't jubilant. Linkin Park was doing concerts in 2012? Who knew? In South Africa. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. Florentina Heaven Popa, 33, was killed by a promotional billboard tower that blew over onto the audience in the parking lot outside the stadium. Oh, 20 people sustained injuries and 12 were taken to hospital as a result of the incident. One victim took a sip from his free bottle of energy drink, Lucozade. Okay. And when he regained consciousness, he had three broken ribs, a punctured lung, and broken spinal bones. That is one hell of a drink. Yep. (laughs) Another victim described how his legs were pinned by the scaffolding, and then he suffered a broken left pelvis, fractured right pelvis, three fractured bones in his back, and a fractured right leg and ankle. Ah, Broken pelvises, man. That does not sound like fun. The musicians continued their performance after the advertising board was removed, and presumably all the injured people. <laughs> and policemen said the site was clear and safe. GlaxoSmithKline, Lucozade's parent company, sponsoring the concerts of Linkin Park, left a post on Twitter stating that our immediate, our immediate concern is for victims and their families, and our thoughts and prayers are with them. So this is a little more literal bad advertising than, uh, you know, theoretical <laughs> bad the, advertising. The which, deadly kind. Yeah, like this is an advertisement so, took you down. Yeah, the message itself was probably fine. Yeah, <laughs> drink Lucozade. <laughs> 
Probably. The day after the accident, Lucozade announced they will no longer be promoting their tour sponsorship for the Lincoln Park Tour in South Africa. Oh, so they backed out as a sponsor. No, they, they were still a sponsor. They just st- stopped promoting. They, oh, they just stopped putting the signs up. Yeah. They're saving their money for the lawsuits. Oh, yeah. Because clearly the only way they could apologize was over Twitter. Isn't this the responsibility of engineers to make sure that these things are well, The safe? city council stated that the safety of the billboard had been warranted by engineers to perform their force. But I guess it was a really strong win. And they were all hopped up on Lucasade. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it is if an energy get this, If you get this set up, I know we're late with all this equipment, but if you set it up in record time, we'll give you some free Lucasade. Well, maybe they should have changed... All right, changed... hurry up. Maybe they should have just changed their campaign and said, hey... Drink Lucasade and survive a deadly scaffold crash. Put the guy with the two broken pelvises up on the on the billboard. The next I like one. I like that slogan. It's yeah. pithy. Yeah. <laughs> Lucasade, killer energy. Oh, yeah. See, this is why I'm in marketing. Oh, yeah, there you go. Tell you. Sometimes marketing campaigns can have unexpected consequences. In this day, because a lot of people are using a lot of ad blocking or just developing these natural blind spots for ads, we're basically moving into an age of guerrilla marketing. Where you, where you sell gorillas. Not the large primates, the other spelling. So people are trying different modes of advertising that are a little less conventional. There was a woman who was participating in a radio contest in 2007 to win a Wii. So this was right before Christmas, sometime in December. And the deal was that you drink a certain amount of water and you're not allowed to pee. And whoever lasts the longest wins a Wii. Okay. Hold your Wii for a Wii. Oh, Hold your wow. Wii. Spectacular branding. For a Wii. I was about to say, they, you have two words that sound the same but mean very different things. I think I would have, I think I would have <laughs> rather seen make the longest Wii for <laughs> oh, a yeah. Wii. Oh, yeah. Okay. There you go. Fill up this container. Fill up as many containers as you can. Possibly could have resulted in, in the, the same, same consequences. Yeah. Well, what were the consequences? This poor woman who actually was the runner-up of the contest, she didn't even win the Wii, paid the ultimate price to this particular campaign in that she suffered from water toxicity. She was suffering from headaches, not feeling that well when she left the studio, so she went home and died. Went home and died. Wow. I thought the only way to die from water was to be held under it. Totally not true. Mm -hmm. Almost anything is toxic in quantities that are high enough. Anything? Some of the salts that you have in your body, specifically potassium and sodium to a lesser extent calcium, are really important in helping your your nerves work and your muscles work. So if you don't have the right levels of potassium, sodium, calcium in the fluids in your body, what happens is your muscles stop working. Is this a pH balance thing? It's not. No. I'm sorry. Because I learned that I learned that term through <laughs> advertising too. So the message is stop drinking water. Mm-hmm. You can Dr. Absolutely Jenna die says from drinking water. So how much water did she drink that killed her? They started off drinking uh, small half pint bottles. This guy James Ibarra uh, quit after five of those, so he drank two and a half pints of water. Mm-hmm. And then after he quit, they started giving them bigger bottles to drink. Mm-hmm. And this woman. So the strategy in. would be to show up really super dehydrated. Well, I think the strategy would Get probably be in. well, okay, to win or to live. Uh, Both. Well, to I think the stra- win and to live. The strategy <laughs> to live would probably be to just bring a bunch of uh, electrolytes and salts, or tell them, "Hey, you should turn- make this Gatorade instead of water." Yeah, it definitely wasn't something they were planning. Like, let's deprive them of electrolytes. It wasn't Nintendo brand electrolyte-free water. <laughs> it was just some. They didn't ask any physicians right. if yeah. this was safe. Oh, it's it's like WKRP's Turkey Drop. Mm-hmm. I swear, as God is my witness, mm-hmm. I, I thought, thought turkeys, turkeys could, could fly. fly. Which is another pop culture. Pop culture. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same condition that can kill you if you have massive diarrhea. Call back, call back to cholera episode. Yes, or if you're engaging in some intense exercise where you're taking in water, but you're sweating out a lot of electrolytes. Right. Never. Just breaking happen. that balance can really screw mm-hmm. you over. I guess it was just too much to ask to uh, enter a radio competition and live to tell the tale. Yeah, it's a pretty sad story. She was definitely entering the contest to win the Wii for her kids for Christmas, and it didn't work out so well. Yeah, that James Ibarra said he was talking to her, and she was a nice lady. She was telling me about her family and her three kids and how she was doing this for her kids. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. And then she, she the ultimate sacrifice. And then she went home and died. Hi, kids. I'm sorry I didn't... And then mommy was gone. Did she fall on her kids? I don't know. That... I think the kids survived the ordeal. From 2011 Moscow, a donkey used in a stunt to advertise a parasailing company Uh 
has died of a heart attack on an animal farm near Moscow. Was he parasailing at the time? Anapka, was the name of the donkey, mm-hmm. became an international YouTube sensation when beachgoers filmed the donkey screaming in fear as she was dragged above the Sea of Azov by a motorboat as a part of a publicity stunt for a local tourism company. They actually parasailed the donkey. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what they did. Because they're trying to say their clientele are asses? <laughs> I don't know what the message was supposed to be. We yeah. could uh, maybe we should watch the video. All right, a little YouTube, YouTube sensation. <laughs> wow, that, that... can you imagine? <laughs> it just takes off. <laughs> Holy crap! That took off so fast. It was like a bullet shot out of a gun. I Holy mean, crap. parasailing. No wonder, I would have been scared to death. <laughs> yeah, no wonder exactly. the donkey is well, freaking the fuck out. And you'd have been scared, <laughs> but you're a human being who can go, oh, that's a parasail, and this is going to pull me, I'm and okay. then I'm going to go up. <laughs> you signed up for that bullshit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or even not. Even if somebody's forcing you, you'd still at least go, okay, I know it's going to happen. Ah. But that donkey's just like, what is, I don't understand these humans. <laughs> oh, they're Things are going something. on. They're strapping ah! <laughs> They're strapping something to me. It must be something they want me to carry up a mountain pass or something. <laughs> yeah. right. right? This is not a mountain pass. <laughs> this <Hot>. is space. <laughs> Looks like a napka's got to carry this big hunk of fabric up the mountain for these humans. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> if donkeys were made to fly, they'd have been born with wallets. <laughs> Animal rights activists wanted its owner prosecuted, but officials said they couldn't file charges because only killing or maiming an animal is grounds for prosecution in Russia. Not scaring one horribly. <laughs> the rise in the air of an animal without an- anesthesia borders on bullying and unequivocally leads to severe stress, if not death, said veterinarian Olga Bogdanov. Mm-hmm. British newspaper The Sun helped bring Anapka to a lavish farm outside Moscow where she recovered with fresh fruit and vegetables and even massages. Oh. But Anapka became unable to eat and suffered seizures within six months. Veterinarians couldn't say if it died as a result of stress from the advertising stunt or, or just you know, just from oh, too much fruit. <laughs> you don't feed donkeys fruit. I got conflicting information from two different, sor- two different sources. Uh, one says the donkey was 18 years old and the other one says it was 40 years old. Um, and okay. donkeys typically live to 25 to 35 years. So if it was 18 years old, then it was probably a, an early death. Mm-hmm. Due to, due it was 40 years old. Then <clears throat> it was on its last legs. Anyway. Well, <clears throat> it, what a way to go. It was 40 years old. It was basically putting my grandma in that parasail. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> if it was if it was suffering from seizures and unable to eat because of the memory of that horrible thing, it's probably best that, that it finally passed away. I guess it, right, it's living a life of suffering and fear that at any moment it will get flung into the sky <laughs> yeah. because it doesn't understand why that happens still. It's a donkey, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's just like I was just standing there right. and when all is, of a sudden I was up in the sky over the big wet that I when don't understand. Has a, donkey, has a donkey ever been lifted like two inches off the yeah, ground? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Much <laughs> less so like 200 feet yeah. and so fast. Like it, you, yeah. you have to go and check this video to get the perspective on how fast this thing was vaulted into the air. Yeah. It's like it was shot out of a catapult. Yeah. Well, I'm just worried about all the other donkeys because they basically said, <laughs> it's okay to terrify your donkeys. Like, give her. That's yeah. totally not abuse. So now everyone's new form of entertainment is just to shock and terrify their donkeys by jumping out at them with terrible masks. Do you think... Do you- <laughs> I think there's a line of people in Russia, line of around the corner, just jump out of there. Blah! This is what I'm nervous about. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, you care a lot more for donkeys than I do. <laughs> Should we move on to pop culture? Yes. Now, one movie, I, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find a way to watch it. was Branded. Uh, I had seen the trailer for this some mm-hmm. time ago, like maybe a year ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it looked really interesting because it uh, it has all of these mascots and logos and whatnot basically coming off of billboards and turning into this giant monster that seems to be chasing people yeah (laughs) so that was intriguing to me it looked interesting and i i again i couldn't find the movie but i found several people who had seen it uh uh, and they hated it oh (laughs) okay almost unanimously all right well one of our listeners, Arlen, says, being a designer and brand strategist, I was interested in seeing this movie, but the best parts are in the trailer. It was too long and underwritten. Although the basis of the story was fundamentally good, in the long run, the movie fell short. All right, and if you can't trust a Cossack Soda listener, who can you trust? And writer Lucius Shepard wrote, not since Mystery Science Theater 3000 went off the air have I watched a movie so lacking in basic competence and craft. <laughs> so that's sad. 
Right. <laughs> so uh, going from a bad movie about advertising to what I think is one of the best movies I've ever seen about advertising is 1989's How to Get Ahead in Advertising. That is a good movie. Another Richard E. Grant vehicle. I'm pretty sure this is the movie that kind of, not that he ended up getting a great career, but after this movie specifically hit video, mm-hmm. It, I think what happened was a lot of people in Hollywood saw it and said, we got to get this guy in our movie because he just started showing up in Hollywood movies all over the place. Exactly. And masterpieces like Hudson Hawk. <laughs> yes. He went on to voice Captain Star in the Captain Star cartoon that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> so How to Get Ahead in Advertising is a farce about a mentally unstable advertising executive, Dennis Dimbley Bagley, played by Richard E. Grant, who suffers a nervous breakdown while making an advert for pimple cream. Mm-hmm. He has a crisis of conscience about the ethics of advertising, which leads to mania. He then develops a boil, or what they call a pimple, because he's doing a pimple cream, on his right shoulder that comes to life with a face and voice. <laughs> The Boyle takes a cynical and unscrupulous <laughs> view of the advertising profession in contrast to Bagley's newfound ethical concerns. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm not going to spoil it from there. It goes from there. A fantastic performance oh, yeah. by Richard E. Grant. And it's bizarre. It is. It's bizarrely awesome. It is. Like, he is losing his mind. So this Boyle is getting bigger and has a face and starts talking to him. And But other people, when he hears the voice, other people hear him saying what it said. Mm-hmm. And because he tries, it's underneath his shirt or whatever it's underneath his shirt right? right and he's he covers it up with his hand and oh i was just no saying that and he tries to excuse what's right. going on hide from his wife that he's losing his mind uh-huh. he doesn't think he's losing his mind he thinks the boy is talking to him uh-huh. and there are scenes where he just uh-huh. like is raving like screaming naked in the backyard while his wife is calling the doctor to come take care of him and the the opening monologue where he talks about how to sell things is uh, it's up on YouTube. It is so informative about how advertising works. It it opened my mind. I saw this on video in I think 1990. I, I remember mm. a friend of mine. I said, "Yeah, just grab some movies from the video store and we'll watch something tonight." Cool. And he comes over. He's like, "I got How to Get Ahead in Advertising." And I literally went, "Are you fucking shitting me? <laughs> what is this crap?" All right, fine. Let's watch it because I'd never heard of it. It yeah. was this you know English quote comedy indie indie. i was like all right fine and at the time i was not into the smarter movies this movie blew my mind and that opening scene he talks about how products are either low in something and if they're not then they're high in something else and that is its health giving ingredient Mm -hmm. and once you see that monologue or understand how advertising works you start to recognize that everywhere like a big pile of sugar fat free yeah a big pile of fat no carbs yeah right it's yeah they just pick oh what's the one thing it doesn't have that's that's bad for you oh Mm -hmm. it's low in this and uh, just a lovely dark funny brilliant satire i love it i i really enjoyed watching it again there's a uh, movie from 1990 starring dudley moore called uh crazy people and uh, he plays an ad executive who loses his mind oh and he decides a common theme yeah, yeah, in that era too, right? In the same yeah, era as how to get ahead in advertising, and the um, what uh, what he does, he goes crazy, and his craziness manifests itself in the fact that he tries to convince all of his clients to put truth in their advertising. He one of his clients is Jaguar, and he says, "Okay, here's your new slogan: Jaguar, the car for people who want hand jobs from people they barely know." <laughs> Right, really? Volvo. Wait, that's all you get from a Jaguar is a hand job? Well, in 1990, <laughs> uh, it, it Volvo, boxy but good. Right? Fair enough. That's so, actually a really decent. That, that's slogan. a really good yeah. slogan. This, so this is the the entire movie is is uh, sort of about this and about how at first people are kind of like scared by it, and then yeah. people like begin to like wait a minute, maybe there's something here, and then everybody like turns against them like near the end. Of course. It's got a cast of uh, thousands. It's got Christopher Lloyd in it, Daryl Hannah, Paul Reiser, JT Walsh. Bill Smitrovich. Yeah. It, <laughs> Mercedes Rule. Like, I mean, it's a, uh, the, the casting is fantastic. So uh, a, a sort of, you know, a little not very well-known gem. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. cool. I'll have to check that out. Uh, I did find out that uh, if anybody's interested in watching how to get ahead, how to get ahead in advertising legally, it's one of the movies that's up on YouTube that you can pay like four dollars to watch on YouTube. Oh, they they have a they have a movie kind of rental service now, or you can pay I think nine ninety nine and you can have it as part of your collection and watch it anytime you want. 
Oh, there you go. Interesting thing YouTube's doing. Mm-hmm. Stewie, Chris Stewart, mentioned the blipverts from Max Headroom for us. Uh, if anybody's unaware, Max Headroom was a 1980s television show mm-hmm. that featured Matt Frewer as both uh, a journalist and the kind of CGI artificial intelligence. Created from his like created, damaged brain. Created from his damaged brain that uh, kind of seems to fight against the corporate world, but yeah. he's weird and quirky. Uh, and what blipverts were, were super condensed advertisements meant to get a message across to people watching the TV in like instant time, like just mm. and like blast it into your brain. Mm-hmm. But it was causing people to explode. <laughs> <laughs> Because their brains couldn't take it, wow. so they would literally blip-verts. couch potatoes who got too many blipverts would like explode spontaneously on the couch. combust. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty good stuff. It's Max Headroom's pretty dated these days. Oh, real dated, like, real dated. Yeah. But I mean, it's also so dated because it was really influential for a very short amount of time. Yeah, and so there's a lot of satire of Max Headroom. There's a lot of sort of reference later on to Max Headroom that uh, I don't even think people really who would catch it later would even understand where it originated from. But there was like two or three years where it was, uh, it was pretty much everywhere. Cause Max Henry was doing, yeah. he was doing ads for, for Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he was doing ads for a lot of different things. And it's funny because in the TV series he created, he's created to like basically he's take a, the piss out of, kind uh, of anti-corporate, anti-corporate. And then he ends up being a spokesmodel for, you know, for, for Coca-Cola for sugar water. Yeah. Yeah. Mad Men is a fantastic show. One of my faves. Yeah. It's set in the 1960s, initially at the fictional Sterling Cooper Advertising Agency on Madison Avenue, hence Mm -hmm. the name Mad Men, uh, in New York City, and uh, later at the newly created firm Sterling Cooper Draper Price, which then also becomes Sterling Cooper and Partners. Mm -hmm. That's too bad because Sterling Cooper Draper Price really rolls off the tongue. SCDP. Yeah, except for the fact that Price hangs himself. Spoiler alert. Yeah. (laughs) Can you still be the name in the company? A little gauche. Yeah. You know. Sterling Cooper and Hungai. <laughs> of course, that could be misconstrued. I was about to say, they're like, that, am I, gonna, that, I don't want to run into that guy in the locker room. Draper would be like, why am I on there twice? <laughs> the focal point of the series is Don Draper, portrayed by John Hamm, and the people in his life, both in and out of the office. The plot focuses on the business of the agencies, as well as the personal lives of the characters. Uh it's, it's incredibly well written. Yeah, it's super smart. It's uh, I understand a mostly female writing uh, crew on it, uh, and lots they, of stuff about women's issues. One really the, well done. One of the big story arcs through the first couple seasons is that one of the uh, women in the secretarial pool actually gets elevated up into the uh, the key creative at the yeah. advertising agency. Yeah. The uh, very first episode is all about a new Lucky Strikes cigarette campaign, and they're the firm's biggest client for many seasons. Mm -hmm. Real-life slogans were, gentle on your throat, keep your throat clear, your voice clear. Janet Sackman, a former Lucky Strike girl in the 1950s, lost her voice box and a part of a lung to cancer. It's one way to keep your voice clear. Mm-hmm. Just, and, uh, just remove it. One of the pro- <laughs> doesn't get clearer than that. <laughs> one of the problems they have, I can't remember which episode it was, but uh, there's the big release from the Surgeon General that smoking is uh, harmful, like incredibly harmful <laughs> to you. Yeah, this is when it happens. And they are desperate to come up with how do we come up with an ad campaign that counters this? Mm-hmm. And they talk about maybe we should say ours is safer. You can't say that. Maybe we should downplay it. Maybe we should embrace it. And the and the end result is just saying we're just going to completely ignore it and say it's toasted. And the guy goes, the guy who makes the who represents the tobacco company says, well, everybody toasts their tobacco. And Don says, yeah, but nobody's talking about that, so we're going to. Yeah, the, the, this is um, part of Don Draper's one of his more familiar refrains that kind of like crosses over multiple seasons. Yeah. He says, "Listen, if you can't change your product, change the conversation." Right. So it's like if you have a negative thing coming out about your product, just deflect the negative thing into a completely different conversation. Right. And you're like, oh, you know, you're, that's the eureka advertising moment. And right? there's also some really creepy psychology going on in that it's toasted phrase right because mm-hmm. when you go well i heard that cigarettes are bad for you wait a minute lucky strikes is toasted oh maybe mm-hmm. they did that because it makes it less bad for me mm-hmm. you don't even have to say it right yeah. people are Implied. people who are addicted are looking for reasons to downplay those negative consequences themselves mm-hmm. so you just give them it's toasted oh no mine are toasted 
<laughs> even though they're all toasted. Yeah, everyone loves toast. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, "I hope I don't go crazy today." It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that. We'll be back when the week is new And we'll have more gross facts for you And you'll have things you'll want to hear about We will Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while in an overturned car in a water-filled ditch. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Thanks for listening. So you're saying I got diuretic with diuretic mixed up. Is that what you're saying? I don't know if diuretic is actually no, a word. There's but, no such but, word as that. But okay. but your but your brain did invent it as one. And I, I <laughs> so totally understand. It's it. official. I'll, I knew what you I meant. I will now. Uh, I'm going to go diuretic.com and save that Ooh. website. All right. All right.